Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jules. Hey, we are, oh my god, I'm so fucking excited that we're finally talking Tommy Boy. We've been talking about this for like a couple years now, and then we're like, let's do Tommy Boy, and like, we just don't do it. I'm glad we finally did it. I know, I just, oh, 95, man. This is, this is a, my first note was, this is one of my like foundation childhood films for me. Oh, nice. um, I love this movie. I watched it so much as a kid. I had it on tape and then I, you know, bought it on DVD and like, it's just, yeah, it's just always there. There just reminds me of my childhood. It's so fucking funny. His like, his, like slapstick humor is you don't see that anymore. In no. movies. Like, it's just not, I'm trying to think of like the most recent person who does slapstick, like maybe Sandra Bullock in like the mid 2000s. Oh, like she's done a man. little bit. Our man Zach Black does. Oh, Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say Zach Black? Did I say Zach Black? Oh God, uh, maybe. Uh, it's it's Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I probably it did. It might have been my headphones. It could have been. I could. I mean, I was a little bit stoned earlier, so that, that might be what it is. But you know what I mean. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I guess Jack Black totally would be slapstick. Um. Oh wait, you saw the Mario movie. I saw the Mario movie. Oh, how was it? It was a cinematic masterpiece. (laughs) I've heard it's actually really good. I'm literally trying to see it again. Like, my friend has this, like, little nephew who wants to go. Oh, shit. He's he's like, I don't want to go out. That's, like, how she said he is. And I'm like, no, let's get him out to go see this movie because... I went to go see it with eight other adults. <laughs> eight other adults? That's so funny. Yeah, we were all stoked. And um, it took everything in my power not to sing along to the Jack Black song because I've been listening. To, like, I uh, obviously I do this for jokes, but on the other side, I'm completely serious. <laughs> what, that you're obsessed with Jack Black? Yes, and, and the song that he did for Mario. Oh, it's in the billboard. It cracked like the billboard. Actually, I'm going to look it up right now. It's in like the charts. It's like huge. It was honestly like it was a good movie. Everyone's like, yeah, the plot was like thin, but I mean, it was great. Uh, Princess Peach was a feminist icon. Um, She's going to have another movie, I think, too. Yeah, they should totally do another movie. I would watch. Um, It was it was a great movie for everyone. And the humor was actually really funny. I was I was impressed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I hear it's really good. I know a lot of people were ragging on, what's his name? Chris Pratt. Like, before it even came out, people were like, no, he shouldn't do the Mario voice. But then everybody said, like, it was fine. Yeah, I was one of those people. Yeah, I know a lot of people were. Yeah, because I think he just is, like, in the zeitgeist of, like, hate at the moment. Like, people just, like, don't like him for some reason. Well, wasn't he wasn't he married to Anna Ferris? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have and my he, reasons for not really liking him, but I mean, it seems like a lot of people are on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like hate him for things that he did to Anna because Anna is a angel who should be protected at all costs. I love her. I know she's so good. She's a really funny podcast. You listen to her podcast? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, it's one funny. of my. I think I told you about. She did like one interview with Courtney Love. Oh, and, yeah, because I think I listened to it and you, is it you and Jai were like, it was so hard to get through. I think Jai was like, I can't even get through this. Well, I was I, like, I loved it. <laughs> oh, I think that was the... Or was uh, that another, oh, that was another Courtney that Love. Was another, yeah, I loved that one. I listened to the whole thing on that. But there was like one that she did with Anna 
And like, cause I had listened to it before, but then I tried to listen to it again. And then I was like, Ooh, this is rough. It's a lot. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. I can't wait for her book. Me too. <laughs> like I'm, I say it like every time I feel like we're on a podcast, but like, I want that Courtney Love book. As, as soon as the book is out, both of us will read it and we'll do an entire podcast episode on oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, totally. I can't wait for the celebrity memoir book club girls to review it. You oh, know, yeah. And same with the Britney one that she's just talked about that she's writing. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a good time for memoirs, I think, coming up. I think we'll it'll, have a it'll whole be cool. subsection. Oh yeah, totally. And and like the movies that follow, like the documentaries. <gasps> Did you see the new Anna Nicole documentary trailer? Wait, what? For Netflix? Oh my god! I think it came out yesterday. Holy we, shit! We have to watch it. We do because we still have to do the Pamela one. Yes. Um, I. Those are two girl, two women. Where like I was very, like I wasn't very young, but they were just. Like, they were the only thing I saw on, like, VH1 and MTV when, like, you know, like, reality shows were big. Yeah. And, like, and that's kind of when she was, like, having her downfall and, mm-hmm. like, oh, so sad. I love her so much. I love her. I really – we don't really know. Like, it looks like a cool trailer, but I really – a lot of people are, like, I really hope that they do her justice in this. You know what I mean? Like, totally. I don't know who's making it. I'm not sure, like – you know how she had a lot of kind of really shady people around her? Totally. So I'm hoping it's not like done from a weird slant because the trailer looks good. That's why the Pamela one was so great because it was her. Yeah. It was like her and her kids. So, you know, she's able to control what the narrative is. But I hope this one is not like a salacious, you know, gossipy kind of thing. I don't want it to be like a... You know, like that one Britney Murphy documentary? The one that, yeah, we watched that one for Patreon. Yeah. yeah. And like, I just, I, I felt bad. Like any Britney Murphy documentary, I feel like it's just like kind of sketchy. And even when you think about like Amy Winehouse, because I feel like Amy Winehouse yeah. and, and Anna Nicole Smith were kind of like in similar eras where like the the paparazzi and the press just like it killed these girls so and, i'm interested in and it. and britney's britney's had like some random documentaries that like she hasn't been a, in, involved with yeah. you know that people have watched like there's one on netflix there was one on hulu and i think she mentioned when she got out of the conservatorship like i don't i don't like the idea of like someone else being able to tell my story but that's what happens i guess when you're a public figure people are allowed to like make documentaries about you i think it must be some law that if you're a public figure you don't need like quote-unquote permission which is crazy when you think about it god you know like if we kind of look back on that britney documentary that came out like if i saw the people who were talking in it i'd be like fuck you and like not talk to them anymore yeah i know like you guys were like you stood by and knew what happened and like you're telling this it's like it's like, like what happened with her sister yeah. Didn't her sister, like, write a book shortly after, like, all of the press was around her? And, like, I think Brittany said, like, you know, she's trying to use, like, what happened and, and, like, to make money, even though I, like, supported the whole family for fucking years. Like, it's, yeah. Ugh, it's, it's so gross. It's so I would gross. never, never want to be famous. Like, no, me either. It would it be just, so bad. It just seems like the down, the, the cons are way more than the pros. I think. 
I get freaked out when too many people view my story on Instagram. Right. Like, and it's like usually like a very small number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sometimes I'm like, who are all these people? Yeah. What do they want? Or or what do they think? You know, like even yeah. if I have a, a podcast episode that does better than others, I'm like, oh my God. Like that kind of freaks me out that like other strange people that I don't know will either like this or they're gonna say, Oh, this girl's annoying. Uh, why yeah, do people like them. this? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just part of it. I guess it's just part of like putting your shit out there. It's kind of funny. Um, so what is the what's your history with Tommy Boy? Like, when did you first see this? This is you so, were a baby when it was out. I was I was a baby and I didn't watch it until much later when I started dating my partner. And um, oh, does he like this movie? Oh, yeah. He loves Chris Farley. Oh, oh, cool. I don't think I knew that about him. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, love Chris Farley. He loves Chris Farley. And um, like, I think we were kind of going through like a Chris Farley thing and we watched Tommy Boy and we watched um, Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh, which, okay. Like, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that um, one's good too. Did you watch Black Sheep? It's the uh, other one with him and David Spade. It's not as good as Tommy Boy. Gosh. Like the political one. It's like his brother's running for office. I've seen it like once or twice. Yeah, it's not I Tommy think, Boy. I think I have seen that one. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't remember anything from it, but uh, but yeah, so I watched it maybe like nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. So like when I rewatched it, there were like parts that um, that like I forgot about, but um, Tommy Want Wingy is like... <laughs> It's said a Tommy lot in Lanky. the household. Yeah, Tommy Likey. That happens. It's just a quote that's like in the house, like all the time. It's so funny. Oh. Okay, now, do you know like some of Chris Farley's fav- like famous SNL s- sketches? Um, so I was watching a couple of them uh, today, like before the podcast. But um, I actually, I, I, I think I knew, but I wasn't really like knowledgeable on because I knew he was on SNL but I didn't know it was the same time as like Adam Sandler and that's like David when, when he popped up. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were both and that's one of my behind the scenes notes I found out was that during this filming they were both still on SNL so they had to fly to New York to do SNL like rehearsals and then fly back to Toronto to like film this movie oh my god that's so, yeah lot. that's crazy um, I did I did like hear in like an interview is like David Spade and Chris Farley talking about um, how everyone was thinking Tommy Boy was going to be like almost based off of an SNL skit. And they were like, no, it's not an SNL skit. Like this mm-hmm. is its own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also the golden age of like SNL movies. This Ugh. is when like, and I don't remember what maybe the first movie was that was based on an SNL character, but I remember Superstar and you had like A Night at the yeah. Roxbury. You had like The Ladies Man, like all, and they always say, not they always say what, but usually in like culture documentaries, the era that you were in high school, like that SNL uh, cast is usually the one that you identify with because, you know, when you're like, 15 16 a lot of times you're home on like or at least maybe yep, it was not, me me too <laughs> i was home all the, not all the time but like i would know the stars that were going to be on the hosting and i'd be like oh shit this is before you could even watch it again so you, they didn't rerun snl which is crazy so you had to like watch it on saturday night so you'd be like oh my god like i remember when sarah michelle geller hosted or like britney like the late 90s i was like oh i gotta tape it like so i can see this the skits and stuff so the one in high school was after Chris Farley and that group. It, the one when I was in high school was like Will Ferrell was new 
mm-hmm. it was like Will Ferrell, uh, Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan, uh, like Tim Meadows, uh, not Tina Fey. Tina Fey was a little bit later with Amy yeah. Poehler and all them, but that was like a prime cast. But so was the cast that Chris Farley was in. They were in like, you know, like Dana Carvey, I think may have still been there. And I mean, it was like legends at that point. It was like, everyone was so good. I remember like my, my era of SNL, like was a li- just like, a little bit after like Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. Like it was when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were still on. And they were like weekend update. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But then like we had like the, um, the fucking like Fred Armisen. Oh, that's right. Andy yeah. Samberg. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Jimmy Fallon. Right. Yeah. Was Jim, or, Jimmy, or, um, or has Jimmy, he left? No, I think he had left, but it's the other guy, uh, Seth. Myers. Seth Myers. He did Weekend Update eventually, and like, oh, but right. I, I remember like, uh, we we had a DVR, and I would I would record every single episode, and I would like make sure that it like recorded a couple minutes after because the yeah. like performances would sometimes run, and I just remember, um, finding out that yeah yeah yeahs were gonna be performing, and oh. like I was in like my height, you know. Phase. but anyways SNL's great but yeah it, it still <laughs> is <laughs> no but it still is like I have to say I just saw the recent one when Pedro Pascal hosted and it was fucking amazing um and I forgot who was the musical guest on that one but but it was like it was st- the, it's still good like it's still pretty good some of the actors nowadays like are I watch it for the host I don't really care the cast to me is not as strong yeah there's a, there's a lot of strong ones but it's not like I don't have an attachment like I did when I was like younger because I, I, mean, def- I just liked him. I definitely think SNL too has kind of changed because if you think about, you know, like Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, Will Ferrell, like all of these artists really came, even like Mike Myers all came yeah. out of SNL. But like, who do we have coming out of SNL right now? We have like Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete Davidson. And like who's hosting this week? And everyone's like, he just left. Like he was never there in the last like two years. And and someone made some really funny meme where like this is like you come back to your like old job. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's weird because it's like you just left. It's not like you've been gone for 10 years and it's like a big deal that you're hosting. You weren't even in all the skits towards the end. Yeah. He was like never there. It's funny. Yes. And, and yeah, I guess I could, I think the cast now, like you said, it's just not as important as maybe the host or something, but yeah, yeah I just don't feel a connection to them. And, um, there is like some good writing, like, I, yeah, the Pedro Pascal, uh, episode that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of hit and miss. Yeah. Like Kate McKinnon just left. Oh, she was so good. Like, she was so good. Keenan's still there. Keenan's really good. He's going to be there forever. Oh, yeah, he is. He's def- He's already the longest, like, the longest mm-hmm. running one. And Heidi Gardner's pretty good. Um, Which one is Heidi? She though? is, like, she reminds me of, like, Kristen Wiig. She has, like, that kind of sense of humor. I'm trying to think oh, of who she's yeah. played. When he, when Pedro was in the hospital bed, she was the wife. Oh, like, next oh, to yeah. him. Yeah, next to him. Yeah. She's she's really good. Like, there are a few, but a lot of them have left, and it has the turnover, you know? Yeah. Like, Bowen Yang is so good. Like, oh, he is so yeah, good. He's, he is really good. Yeah, he's one of, like, the standouts, but... Well, and if you think about it, like, I remember hearing, um, like, Mike Myers talk in an interview. I think he was on a podcast talking about how literally every episode 
um, that he was on SNL. Like every day he thought he was going to get cut. He's like, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. And he said it was like the most intense anxiety ridden job he's ever had in his life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like he like, I don't think he liked it. Oh, wow. Um, So I can understand why like they would have such high turnover and like why maybe people are also doing like a lot of drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about fucking live. You have to do all these things live like that alone. The pressure I I couldn't handle every week. Mm hmm. And then you, if you're a comedian who writes, then you pitch your own, you know, skit ideas and you want them picked up. And what if they're like never picked up? Or what if you get one done and then like it bombs? Yeah. And you like, you, like there's just a lot, like there's just a lot going into it. Like comedy is so hard. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to be funny. Yeah. I mean, it's way easier to, I think, to be very dramatic and to be sad and to be like these really heavy dramatic roles that you see people do, but not every actor can be funny. It just, oh, totally. Yeah. It just, it, it can't happen. It's either there or it isn't. It's, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And these two, it also is very rare and it's really cool to see like comedy teams. Like they are, even though they were so short lived, like Chris Farley and David Spade, but even when they were in skits and SNL, um, like when he plays like Matt, the motivational speaker, like Chris Farley, where he yeah. talks about like living in the van down by the river. Um, they work so well together. Like they're so opposites, but they were like a normal comedy team, like an old school comedy team where they like work well off each other. They're totally. just so good together. Their physicality, the fact that like one's big and one's small, yeah. like one is really over the top and one is like sarcastic and dry. Like it just works, you know, it's just. It's just so funny. I I might have had a little crush on David Spade when I was a kid. I mean, that's not bad. I think I had a crush on like both of them. I, I love Chris Farley. I had a crush on like basically all of the um, like in that era. Like I I had such a big crush on Adam Sandler. Like, oh, so I'm not I, an Adam Sandler girl. Oh, I well, it's because when I was young, I saw him in The Wedding Singer, and he was a sad boy musician. Oh. He was also funny. <laughs> So like <laughs> that's your like reference for him. Yeah, loved like Rob Schneider. Yeah, I have, well now he's not he didn't it didn't age well. Oh no, think. did not. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought he was like cute, but like I still No, liked not him. looks wise. Not no no no, not looks wise. I think like personality wise. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I I don't think he's the same I don't think he's like the same guy that Yeah, true. Yeah, that that like we fell in love with in, totally. in the 90s yeah. I definitely I definitely think the two com- like comedians were Adam Sandler and David Spade for me but um but Chris Farley too I mean like I didn't get to see his stuff when I was younger but like yeah. when I saw it I was like I love him <laughs> yeah same I was super young even when he died I think I was like 15 or like he died in like ninety. Let me see. I think Chris Farley died in. Yeah, it was like ninety seven. So I was fourteen. So I mean, I was super young, and I was just like, I just knew him from SNL and things like, and Tommy Boy. I'd seen Tommy Boy because I was ninety five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just like, oh my god, he's so cool, he's so funny. And then when he died, and then when you find out how close this story is to his life, which I don't think I knew when I was like thirteen or whatever watching it. Um, but now that I'm older and I watch it and then I'm like, oh, it's like, it has a whole level of sad to it just because he had a very, I've watched the, um, also I have to say for people out there who like 
Chris Farley because I like him. I think his life is really interesting too. There's a really good documentary. It's like an hour. It's on YouTube. It's for free. It was one of those like A&E biographies. So it's like they talk to his brother. And so it's people in his life. It's not like a salacious thing. He had a very complicated relationship with his father, like very. And the fact that like, I think they were both alcoholics. And I believe that like Chris Farley would kind of mention sometimes that he wished he could like control this issue. And his dad was kind of very much like, an old school dad, like you don't need to like, you know, that's like weakness if you say that you have an issue kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think he never felt like fully accepted by his dad. And like, so it's very much like this movie. There are a lot of parallels to this movie. Um, So so sad. I would love to, I'll I'll probably watch, I think I saw it when I was watching other interviews and stuff about him, but yeah, it's really it. yeah, it's really good. And then also there's such similarities to John Belushi, who was yeah. essentially like that type of comedian that came that was an SNL before him who died in a think a similar way. I think also an overdose. Yeah. Like in a, a similar drug overdose. I think it was like the speedball, like the cocaine and uh morphine. Like morphine, yeah. So it's like that's and I think at the time that was probably pretty that was pretty, I think, big for a while. Like for several decades, I think that combination. I don't know about now because now we have totally different things. But, but yeah, so that that really sucks too. But yeah, yeah, so now it has a whole new level of kind of sad, especially at the end where he's just like, oh, you know, like will my dad be proud of me? And I don't think. Let me look up. I I think his dad was still around when he died. I um. So I think, you know, I, I don't know, like what that was like. You know, just like. For the dad, like how, you know, he reacted. Maybe he never came up with it or maybe he never really thought about it. I have no idea. Man, it's, that's it's so sad. sad. That's yeah, really I had sad. no idea that there were uh, like, He died in uh, 99. Okay. Yeah. Then, so it was so like two years. Were him and his um, father close? And his dad was also like, I think, like 600 pounds. Oh, shit. And that was another thing that they were saying that it was like very much like they were comparable, but he was like really close with his dad, but he had like an intense relationship. Yeah. So it's, it's very layered, this film. It's not just like. That, that's what I was know, curious. All of, jokes, like, I guess. If he was close with his dad. But that's what I, I mean, that's what I like yeah. about it. So it's cool. Okay, so um, yeah, well, so you have to watch this documentary. Is yeah, I I really want to see it because like I never knew that he was like close with his dad. I don't really know the whole relationship between the two of them, so I'm interested. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I'm actually gonna YouTube this right now so that I don't forget to send it to you. But it's really, it's really cool. It's also like just really like heartbreaking. Yeah, his, really his is. life is really heartbreaking. Like kind of going into the movie, it's like I feel like this movie could not be made today just because of the amount of like fat phobia and fat jokes. Like mm-hmm. basically the whole movie is like he's dumb, he's fat, and he falls a lot <laughs> or yeah. things. <laughs> and like I just don't think it could be made today, but. It, it's interesting just kind of how that's his that's his shtick yeah it, and that's what he kind of his comedy is based on and like how do you think that like affected him in his life like i mean that, to- that had to have contributed to like his drug use yeah 
And also just not, and I think he also um, didn't really have a lot of like close relationships with women either, which plays into it. Like he didn't have like acceptance from someone who actually loved him as he was, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, especially with, and this is a complete running theme through a lot of comedy and comedians that it, it comes from intense pain. That's why it's always made into be really funny as another way to cope and deal with it. So it, I mean, it, it's most people who are like, you read about most people who are like comedians or like come from very tumultuous backgrounds. Oh, totally. Yeah. Kind of that thing where like humor is, you know, the best medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I know like Zach Galifianakis, he is really dark. Oh, is he? Yes. Super dark, but he's also like one of the funniest people out there. So fucking funny. That basket show is hilarious. I want to rewatch that. It's so good. And oh, I meant to bring up this uh, Vice article that Vice, I have like, this was from March of 2020. This is like the very beginning of the pandemic, which is kind of crazy that I didn't realize the date when I sent it to you guys. Um, But yeah, it was like, it's really crazy that the topic or the title of the article is classic teen movies reviewed by woke teens. (laughs) I was like, oh, geez. I was like, why would they say that? But I think it's because Vice is not the Vice that we used to know. Yeah. Um, but this one is like Gen Z asking them about American Pie, Clueless, and Dude, Where's My Car? Okay, American Pie, I totally, it's another one that could not have been made today. That was the most like misogynistic film. Yeah. But I still found it funny because the thing is, is that like, this is also what is hard, I think, for this generation, newer generation to like get because they've just grown up with so much commentary and I don't think we, like, I don't think my generation did. I think if I liked something, I liked it. And I thought yeah. it was funny. And I it wasn't like, there was no one else on the outside pointing out that, like, this means this. Like, I knew it was wrong. It's not like I really thought that, like, it was a heightened version of reality. Like, that's what the comedy was. It was like, you know that American Pie, there are guys like that that exist. But it was just, like, a heightened version of that. It was just, like, an insane, ridiculous version of that. Um but now, could you imagine American Pie now? Oh, hell no. It would not work. <laughs> that like, could not come out. That could not come out. But yet Euphoria comes out. It, it's crazy, like, what's accepted. Well, it's kind of what you're talking about where it's, like, drama versus comedy. Yeah. It's easier to do drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't make fun of any. They can't, like, make fun of anything now. I, I guess that if they do, it's very different. It's just done in a different way. Now, American Pie, I understand that. That's totally, I can see people now being like, this movie's really fucked and it's like slut shamey and whatever. Clueless, I also think there's something, the only thing the stepbrother thing is weird and I guess I overlooked it when I was like 12 when it came out because it's like fashion and yeah, like, you know, it's a fashion movie, it's a fashion, it's a girly fashion movie. Like that's kind of like the market that they were going for at the time. And you weren't really thinking about like this 15 year old dating this college student, yeah. <laughs> like who's also kind of her stepbrother, but they didn't really grow up in the same house. So were they like, it's very gray. Um, but I mean, the acting too, just over the top. I mean, but you have Elton who tried to assault Cher and like nothing really happened from that, like in the car. So, it, I mean, there are some things that I can see, but it that one I can understand. I, I understand my most of the time they don't really have a problem with it. Um, Bring It On, I think is 
another one because it's like super racially motivated now. I mean, yeah. I, I always thought it was back in the day, but I it, it, it never changed. So why would I think it would be any different? But now I totally understand that. There's lots of like slurs and things that just would absolutely never happen now. Dude, where's my car? I saw in the theater because I had a crush on Stifler, <laughs> not Ashton Kutcher. Like everyone had a crush on Ashton Kutcher. Obviously he was like, that 70s show, that guy. I had a massive crush on Stifler. He was just like the dumbass from American Pie. I saw it in the theater, but I think I always knew that it was shit. You know what I mean? I didn't take it seriously. And I think that's the, like, I remember being like, I, I saw that movie. I was way too young to have seen Dude, Where's My Car? But like, <laughs> I grew up, I, I remember being a kid and it would be like, okay, Simpsons, friends Seinfeld and like that 70s show like those were all kind of like on at the same time Mm -hmm. and I remember being a kid so like I loved Ashton Kutcher and uh my parents like let me see dude where's my car and like I remember still like I remember one of my friends giving it to me as like a joke in like ninth grade on DVD because we would talk about dude where's my car and like (laughs) and the thing is is like it's like at that time at least when I was in high school um and I think that's why we see a lot of like it's kind of at that point where there is like a internet footprint Mm -hmm. but back in the day like shock humor was the humor so like being offensive or inappropriate like not saying that that was necessarily good because it's Mm -hmm. not but I I think humor was just different back then and um you know, like, I'm I'm glad we're getting away from, like, the, you know, like, racist, sexist, homophobic stuff. Like, yeah, shouldn't have that in humor, but um, it is just, like, kind of a, a thing of the times. Yeah, it, it's a very representative of what we were used to, and, and there was nothing to challenge that. I think people, I think some people uh, think that we had a choice, not that we had a choice, but I think it's easier to look back and say what you would have done when there was no path for the alternative. Like there was totally. still, yeah, like how it wouldn't have changed because it wasn't in the consciousness and we all weren't as connected as we are now. You oh, only totally. just went to go to the movie theater. Money was the only thing that mattered was, is this movie going to make money? Or are people going to like it? There was no way for me to tell anyone else besides my friend to go watch this movie I'd just seen. Yeah. So now it's like Twitter. You can get on and like spoil the movie for people. You can tell them how horrible things were. So now they have like focus groups. They know kind of what people want, what they don't want. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's super cool to have this time capsule and just know that a movie like Tommy boy exists because it's so fucking funny. Well, and there's also like something that I really, really, really love about comedy movies that were made around this time where they're, they have kind of like, these feel good moments and the and the score mm-hmm. like when when certain things happen like um it's like very reminiscent of that time and like we don't see uh we don't really see that type of editing in in movies anymore especially comedy movies like it's it's got this like i don't know what to call it but it's like very feel good nostalgic mm-hmm. scoring and like it's like there's very endearing moments too now who is the now who the next group of comedian like cast that made comedy movies after the SNL crowd? I would say it's probably like the Jonah Hill Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like super bad, right? That super bad mm-hmm. was the American Pie for a lot of people. 
Yeah. Yep. Um. What was that? Like 2007 or I, I think eight? so. 2007, 2008. Yeah, that was like a turning point. Like that movie, and you have like Juno. You have like uh, what's the guy's Michael name? Michael Sarah. That's him. Yeah, I was gonna say the guy from Arrested Development. Yeah, um, I feel like Michael Sarah was like he was huge. Huge. Like, isn't he coming back? Wasn't it? Oh, he's going to be in Barbie. I cannot wait for Barbie. It looks so good. Oh, my God. Can we go see that together? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my God. Totally. We have to. The entire nation is going to see Barbie. Like, I hear about it every single day on Twitter. <laughs> I am so excited. Down. Wait, so so is Michael Sarah going to be Ken's lover? He's one of the Kens. I think there are yes. multiple Kens. In this world, uh, Ryan Gosling is the main Ken. I guess that's with this Barbie, but there are multiple Barbies and multiple Kens. And I think he's oh, either so that cool. or he's a friend. There is like Ken who has a friend. I think it was like a doll. I don't know if he's a lover though. We'll have to see. I guess how they they do yeah, it. There, there was a moment in the trailer, like because as soon as I saw that Ryan Gosling was going to be Ken, I said no. Like, oh really? No. Who would you want? I, I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be like a better oh, Ken or no. something. But like, but then, but then as soon as I heard uh, Ryan Gosling go, "Hi, Barbie," I like he sounded just like what I imagined Ken would sound like. And then like, because I, I think I almost imagined like a, like I don't know why Ryan Reynolds or like a Freddie Prince Jr. Like when oh. he was younger, like that kind of look. Like no, I know who, I know who Ken should be, and it's honestly such a misstep and a tragedy that he was not cast as Ken because he is Ken is James Marsden. He, Wait, who is James Marsden? He's the guy in the notebook that Allie's supposed to marry. It, oh with, my God. He is yes. Ken. He's the most perfect looking face. Like he looks like a doll. He's like perfect looking. He, Why was he not one of the Kens? I don't get it. He literally should be one of the Kens because he he's played like Prince Charming yeah. and like Enchanted and uh-huh. stuff. Oh, he would have been great. He would have been so good because he's funny too. He's oh really my gosh. Funny. I love that. I, that was a big misstep. If he's not in the sequel, like I don't know what's going on because he would do it. I don't think he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he should. I mean, and it's like it's a good cast. It's not like it's a bad cast. No, it's like Greta Gerwig, so I'm pretty sure he would do it. It's going to it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Thinking yeah, thinking about like with um the new just kind of like wave of comedy groups like mm-hmm. cuz I kind of uh besides, you know, the new Mario movie, like I don't really know what what the kind of like cuz I don't even think that was Seth Rogen. Like Seth Rogen was just in that movie like are they even making movies i feel like after james franco like they really had to they like kind of cut ties with everything and i mean i think he cut ties this is uh, this is all my opinion opinion uh, based i have no uh, knowledge of anything but i i personally think that he cut ties with franco in public i doubt in private they're not talking yeah you know yeah, they, um, I'm sure they are. Or it could be like you know, Sausage Party, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Did you ever see that? No, but I kind of wanted to. It was like the animated one with the food. Um, he, well, I think they all did the voices. Like he could always have like James Franco do the voice of something. Like I think he's trying to come back. I'm, I'm predicting that Franco is going to try to make a comeback in like 20, maybe end of this year or 24. I swear to God, if James Franco and Shia LaBeouf come back. Oh, Shia's already trying. It, it's starting. And that you, trial got delayed, too. You know what pisses me off? I love Mia Goth so much. I know. And I feel like she's a part of this. 
I mean, like, stop giving him a platform. It's weird that she's like such a force. Like she is like the new kind of like, and I don't mean this in like, I think they're similar at all, but I just mean in like career wise, she's like a new, like Chloe 70 type. She does yes. like off the beaten path roles, but she's going to end up getting a like tad commercial. She's going to get like something commercial where more people will know her, but it's like, he can't even be on the red carpets with her. Like, it's just weird. You're married. You have a whole child with him. It's just weird. It's so weird. And I also, she kind of seems like, yeah, she's definitely like a Chloe in the way of like, she just plays these kind of like, yeah, like offbeat characters, mm-hmm. but she's also super talented. And I I just feel bad because like, you know, like fucking poor FKA twigs. Like, I just I don't know. know how someone could like see that and like, and like, not see someone as like I don't know I don't know these people so yeah it's I just, just want her to like watch out because I'm like I hope she's not you know caught getting... up in anything yeah I, mean, I don't know it's crazy that people just get like I mean I'll, it nothing happens like we all know canceling is not like an actual thing like it's all just you know based on whatever yeah. but it's just yeah, I mean, I guess it's like be prepared for people to like come back because not everybody hates this person. Yeah. You know, like there probably are going to be people who will see a new James Franco movie. There are still people, he has a girlfriend. So yeah. I mean, I mean, there are people who will date him. So I guess there are people who will see his movies, you know? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Jonah Hill has kind of gone in the more dramatic direction, I think. Well, that's another another actor who was getting kind of typecasted in mm-hmm. a in a fat uh, like a funny like fat guy yeah like which is really sad because that really bothered him like I all of the interviews that he would have to do and that kind of makes me think of like Chris Farley where it's yeah. like these really like funny comedians actors like they're you have to be very smart to be able to do comedy well yeah and like. I feel like maybe Jonah Hill is the type that like he saw that maybe it was like hard. And again, like, I don't know these people. This is just like my assumptions, but like that must've been hard for him. And he's like, well, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to play that anymore. But like maybe Chris Farley, like it was just so wrapped up. Like maybe he couldn't get out of that kind of role. Yeah. And if you have addiction issues and you have constant and you have fame and you have money and access, I mean, all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think I think that even people who have um, addiction issues in like regular life, like not in famous life, have enough troubles just a day to day on your own. But could you imagine if you had access to anything anywhere and even for free? I mean, you're just like it's everywhere. And you probably just have yes men like around at all times. Yeah. So it's like it's crazy. And you don't even know who's really your friend. It's like you don't even know who you can trust because you know that people are around you because you're famous or because you have a nice house or you take you them on to dinner or whatever. You can offer them something. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, it's super sad. I That's one thing I would have wished for Chris Farley is that he would have found like a partner, you know, like someone yeah. that could have been like, you know, take him out, like bring him away from all that and be like, no, you're just like a normal person. Like you don't need to be this guy all the time. You know, what? that's, you know. That's kind of like who's who's the character in Tommy Boy the uh, the woman who who works at the company? 
Oh yeah, um, Michelle. Michelle, I love Michelle. Julie Warner. I for all you Nip Tuck people out there, if you watch the show Nip Tuck, she was like the huzzy that broke up the marriage in season one of one of oh, the doctors. <laughs> so every time I see her, I'm like, this bitch. Oh man, yeah, because yeah. I thought I was like, oh, she's so nice in this, and then like she like makes a joke or, or says something, and then. She makes a joke back, and I was like, oh, my God, the chemistry. Like, I know. I love them. It was so cute. I just want, I just wanted something like that to happen for him in real life. I know. It was really cute. I love how she has, like, the donuts, and he looks down, and she's like, want one? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I better not. I have the do- what the doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. <laughs> I love when he's like, oh, yeah, I knew your brother. We used to go and, like, try and steal donuts. Like, what does he do now? He's a cop. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> he's so really quiet. Yeah, he was like, oh. It's uh, so funny. That's kind of funny thinking about a cop, like, stealing donuts. I know. <laughs> so funny. I love all the food references in this movie, too. So um, good. Cool. Right, let me get to my behind the scenes. Yes. Okay, so the budget for this was $20 million, which is a shit ton. Um, for yeah, 19, that's a lot. Yeah, 1995, 94, 95. But it made 32.7, so it did pretty well. It's not that much, though. I thought it would have made more than that. But I guess not. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. This is This is why Rotten Tomatoes critics suck. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this a 41%. And the audience gives it a fucking 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, the critics at that point, like, if it's not the audience, like, it's just a money thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a money and, like, like movie hierarchy. Like which snobbery. Is yeah, snobbery. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like still there's, like, so much money involved in this. So much money, and it was the '90s. Like, it. I mean, are they? What are they reviewing this from? Are they reviewing it from like nowadays or what? It's kind of weird. Um. So yeah, I already mentioned they were both cast members of SNL, which is crazy. And this whole film is kind of based like the road trip aspect. Chris Farley's cousin said it was based around like their family trips when they were kids in the summer, and they used to like take these family road trips. And uh, Chris Farley actually did attend Marquette the school that he was graduating from in the very beginning. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so there's one story that I have from IMDb that I sent you earlier, but, and also Rob Lowe is not credited in this film, which is like another big thing was that originally the film was supposed to be about the relationship between Tommy and Paul, but the script got rewritten and then it ended up obviously being about Tommy and like Richard you know uh doing like buddy stuff together and then going out on this road trip and then paul was like kind of secondary so he said that roblo said he wanted it to be like a big surprise um and that's why he just like wanted to not be credited but it's kind of crazy really interesting Mm -hmm. and he took the part as a favor to lorne michaels because he was in wayne's world and Mm -hmm. wayne's world wasn't wayne's world a snl skit it was yeah so that was like probably the first one i remember then of like movies that were made from like SNL skits. Like the big hot shot record label guy mm-hmm. who was trying to like get with Cassandra. <laughs> I just love the way he says Cassandra. Cassandra. <laughs> well, we have to do that movie too. Wait, have we not done a podcast? No. On we haven't done Wayne's World. No, you're like my com- you're my nineties comedy girl, so we'll definitely do Wayne's World. I- 
Oh God, I love Boys. I feel like I could just like I could quote that movie. I've watched it too many times. I feel oh, like my, nice. I feel I like seen my father so is like Wayne's World. Like like that's how I became obsessed with comedy. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, okay. Next um, up, oh, we yeah. we actually have to do uh, for everyone listening. We are gonna do remix because we're gonna remix some of the old episodes because they were like during COVID and like kind of trash. Uh, we're gonna remix Romeo and Julia. And Jules, since you have not like fully, like I guess felt the magic of Romeo and Juliet from '96, you're gonna do it. Um, yeah, I've really only seen maybe five, ten minutes of it when I was a kid. Oh my god, you're gonna! And- I hope you like this movie because. Great. My my old like an old friend of mine, he had sent me a song off of it, and I said, "Oh my god!" Do like, you you don't know the soundtrack? I I did not know the soundtrack until I heard the song, and then I was <sighs> listening to it, and I was like, "Holy it's fuck. incredible!" Yeah, that that soundtrack was one of like the biggest soundtracks of like movies in the nineties. For sure. It's incredible. So I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. It's like, as everyone, as I think I mentioned in like one of the interviews uh, on the Patreon, uh, the, I was, I hate the Titanic became like Leo's thing. I was like, he was good and wrote me on Juliet, but then Titanic came out the next year. So that like eclipsed it. So I've always been kind of salty about that. Yeah. Hey, I, once I see Romeo and Juliet, I'm probably going to agree with you because- I like grew up. That was my first ever Leo DiCaprio movie was Titanic. Yeah, it is for a lot of people. I, I get it. Um, he has so many. Like, have you ever have you seen the older ones? Like, have you seen Basketball Diaries and like the older like oh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Like, have you seen that? Um, I remember my mom watching all of them, but I feel like I was just like a little too young to like. Yeah, you're understand. probably like. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, um, they're they're good. But like. I think, like, one of the last, like, Leo movies where I was, like, oh, my God. Like, I was, like, I watched it multiple times with The Revenant. Oh. That's, like, your most recent memory of him? Yeah. That was, like, that was, like, the last. Well, I saw, like, the one he did about global warming and stuff. But, like, that was, like, one of my favorites of his. Oh, but that's I, right. Don't Look Up. I forgot yeah, about that. Like, I, I didn't really, like, Don't Look Up, but Revenant was, like so good i love wolf of wall street <laughs> you know i never I'm, saw that one. Oh shit man me and charles are gonna do it because one of the patrons was like are you gonna do wolf of wall street and i was like yeah we will and i was like i feel bad that i keep saying yeah we will oh my god it is so fucking good it's hilarious Wait, him and jonah you, hill are great are, are you and charles gonna do it can i yeah. watch it and watch it with you yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah let's do it yeah i have to we'll we'll text in the group and find out when we're gonna do it cool um but oh my god also did you see that tiktok i sent you a while ago with this girl who did like the actual twilight tour and like people asked her like can you make this an itinerary because like we people want to do this (laughs) like people want to actually go after we after we did that episode with charles about twilight like charles is one of my new favorite human beings I know, right? I think the three of us would have to do that tour. We kind of have to. (laughs) Like, I I actually, for some reason, I'm just like, how did I not know about this? This is, like, so funny that, like, the main actors are kind of like, yeah, it was shit. That's the point. It's, like, dumb. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) But, but, like, we made a shit ton of money and now you know us, so who cares? (laughs) Like, I love it. That's kind of, like, how they are about it. They're like, yeah, we do other stuff now. 
so good. It's so, so good. good. Isn't there an interview with um? Is it Robert Pattinson? It's someone else. Is it Mia Goth? It's someone that they were like talking about Twilight, and they're like, "I've never seen it." And he was like, "Come on, it's not even cool to like hate Twilight anymore." He's like, "Oh yeah, I think it was Mia, was it Goth, Mia Goth." Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Twilight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she talks like a like a late nineteenth century like doll. She does. She totally does. <laughs> like her real life just sounds like a like a doll in like England in People like eighteen eighty. <laughs> People say she sounds like Peppa Pig. <laughs> now all I think of is White Lotus. <laughs> How do I look? Peppa Pig? <laughs> all I think of. Oh, God. Jennifer Coolidge. She's on the Time uh, 100 Most Influential People. Hot I'm damn. I'm so glad. So she, good. She deserves it. Um, okay, so here's my story, and then we'll move on to uh, the movie, the actual movie. Perfect. So, uh, okay, so this is the story of what happened during Tommy Boy. During filming, David Spade and Chris Farley got into a physical altercation on set. As they landed in Toronto on an early Sunday morning after doing SNL in New York, Farley was not feeling well, so he went up to his hotel room. Spade, not thinking anything of it, had called up Rob Lowe, and they went out to a bar for a drink. Farley found out the next morning and had become very jealous and throughout the morning would angrily stare at Spade and repeatedly ask him, how's Rob Lowe? Spade tried to explain and reminded him, quote, word off the wire was that you were sick, quote, but Farley wasn't trying to hear it. Later that day, they were about to shoot a scene. Spade was sitting on the ground eating a tuna sandwich and going over his lines while Farley, smoking a cigarette, was still just staring and asking him, how's Rob Lowe? Spade was getting annoyed with him at this point. Farley then went over to Spade and stomped on his hand with the sandwich in it. Spade responded by throwing his Diet Coke on him, to which Farley threw Spade into a wall and pushed him down a, a set of a small set of steps. Before things got too violent, the walkie-talkie called action. They quickly composed themselves and walked into set. Then when it was time for Spade to say his line, he couldn't speak, so he stormed off set into his trailer. The director called cut, and Farley went off to his trailer, too. Spade refused to continue filming with Farley. Farley was so mad that he needed to hit someone, so he tackled the director's assistant, Skippy, who was about the same weight and build as Farley. The pair would sometimes go for hours without talking to each other, and they would talk to each other through the director. Oh my god. Wild. I have so I have so much going through my head right now. Like he threw him down a small he's small. Like David Spade's so small compared to really him. Small. Compared to, to Chris Farley. Well, when when I first heard that, like the first thing that went into my head was like, you know how in the nineties where like musicians would like come up with things? And it would be like part of their, you know, part of their aesthetic or like it was like kind of a joke to them. Like when Mm -hmm. I first read that, I was like, is this fucking real? Because this literally sounds like something that would be in the movie. But no, this is like. I think it's real. It's on IMDb. Like, I don't think you can. Yeah, you can't just add stuff on. I mean, I think you can, but I don't know if you if it's like a Wikipedia. Like, I think someone maintains it. Yeah. Well, and then I'm like, damn, like, what is the history between Farley and Rob Lowe I don't know and is it something that was like is it the I'm wondering if there's like an alcohol component like you were drinking and having fun with him and I'm jealous because like that's something that we do together 
But then the way that it seems like David Spade said, well, word on the wire is that you were sick. Like, was that code for something else? But then it also, I read that he was completely sober during filming. So it's like, he wasn't implying that he was doing anything else. So I don't, I don't know. And they said uh, that because he was sober during the filming, he developed a coffee addiction and he would have sometimes up to 27 cups of cappuccino every day. That's insanity. And he had like, I think heart issues. I mean, good Lord, anyone would. If you're drinking that, I wouldn't even like, I would pass out probably, but I I don't know. I like make two espressos in the morning with with a little (laughs) bit of almond milk. And like a little bit of fake sweetener because I'm that bitch. And I like have heart palpitations at work by like 12 p.m. Yeah. Like, oh my it's God. kind of weird. Yeah. That's a lot. It's nuts. Well, yeah, maybe he and, was and... going through a lot of like mental health things. Like maybe there isn't really a reason to why he was getting jealous other than like just like where his mental state I mean... was. Yeah, I mean, completely. Especially if addiction's playing into this as well, then everything's on the table. Like, we have no idea what he could have been going through or why he was doing it. I mean, there's just so many things. Um, There's another note, too, that says, uh, Chris Farley tended to be very shy around women, especially attractive women. He was very cutesy and timid around Julie Warner. I was like, oh, (laughs) it was real. That's so cute. Acting was real. How cute. She said at first she thought he was just doing shtick and but he would keep acting like that all day, making it difficult for her to talk to him. At what point she pulled him into her trailer and they would stay there until he was able to have a full on conversation with her. It took four hours, but he eventually did it. They talked about sports and his father, among other things. After that, he was able to have casual conversations with her. But like you would oh never ever guess that he was I know, it's so cute. I was like, I- Oh my god, were they endgame? Did we just not see it? <laughs> Like, was this something that, like, was she married or something? Was there, like, a reason why they, like, they couldn't be together? Okay. <laughs> I, I love them Who, together. What, what little, like, middle school girl hurt him? Like, someone I know, hurt right? him. And, like, like, someone said something mean to him when he was really young. And, oh, my God, that's so, that's so cute of him. But also, like, sad because he's just, he deserved love. He's like a real life Ralph Wiggum, and and she's oh like, <laughs> and she's like a real life Lisa. Remember how he like likes Lisa? Yes. She like protects him. That remember on the when they were on the, in the boat, and those three like punk kids were like making fun yeah. of him and being like, "Hey, lady, there's a whale on your boat." I bet you that like happened as a kid, and he probably like wrote it in there. Like I, I mean, kids are fucking awful. I I love when oh, she stood up for so him. Cute. Oh. Mm-hmm. it's so cute i love it um also another interesting note which is why i think we would probably be friends uh is tommy boy is one of quentin tarantino's favorite comedies um and he owns a 35 millimeter print of it and sometimes screens it at his house during parties oh my God. i'm petitioning quentin tarantino to invite me to one of his parties so i can sit on the couch and watch a print of tommy boy <laughs> that's amazing and also Um, it kind of makes sense that tarantino would like tommy boy like just like the slapstick because his like mm -hmm. movies are very physical cool all right so let's move on to fashion patty unger did you have any notes any cool stuff it's kind of normal you know this was i was really trying to find some type of fashion notes in it like the only really like thing that actually stood out to me was um 
when he's trying to go to um, Zelensky's, like to like go find Zelensky, and like they think that he's gonna like rob a bank, which is like, oh, that <laughs> part is so funny to me. I laugh so out loud funny. at that. But there was one woman, and she was kind of in like a um, uh, what is it called? It's almost like a like a windbreaker tracksuit. And it was like oh. maroon and teal, and I was like, "Oh my god, I would wear that." That's cool. <laughs> but honestly, but she was like literally on the screen for like point, uh, like it wasn't even a second, <laughs> like a flash. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have too many. I just like Tommy's rugby jacket. That oh, blue yeah, that one. Is- that that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, Paul's like I love Paul's like con artist type shady outfit like especially when he first gets there and he's like drinking a carton of milk off a Greyhound bus I was like who is this <laughs> um, but I like it like brown it's like a brown leather jacket and like kind of fancy like it's very like structure in the 90s yeah it um, almost hit like when you first are introduced to Roblo I almost got kind of like a David Lynch Twin Peaks kind of vibe <laughs> Yeah, it is very, like, mysterious and, like, gothy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I like it. Um, Michelle is just very, like, she reminds me of, like, Pacific Northwest slash, like, up north, like, how you would dress in Wisconsin. Totally. Or Ohio or something like that. Nothing crazy. And then Beverly, the wife, uh, Bo Derek, she reminds me of, like, Gwyneth Paltrow in the 90s. Like, minimal, kind of, like, I'm assuming she's supposed to be European because she has an accent. Oh, it yeah. sounds it sounds like she's european or something possibly but she looks really chic like she's wearing like minimal like you know basics and kind of like just kind of fashiony she just seems like she cares about fashion yeah yeah well and like yeah, back then like the like minimalistic kind of like professional sleek look that was in mm-hmm. yeah calvin klein yeah like that whole vibe yeah totally uh cool all right so that's all i have for that do you have any music notes there's a few um yeah my one of my faves were uh the carpenters were playing (laughs) superstar yeah um and then what was another one of the songs that they were singing in the car that i thought was really funny it's the end of the world yeah well there's a part where they just start singing and then like when it starts to get fast like i think every single person who has heard that song has had that experience yeah totally nobody knows the other words (laughs) oh that's so good and then i know this isn't like a real song but i like um fat guy in a little coat oh my god that's i think like an snl reference i think Oh, I'm really? sure. I think so, yeah. I think it was, like, in a skit or something. Oh, man. Oh, what else? Uh, Paul Westerberg has that song, Silver, Silver Naked Ladies. I like when they fight in the car over the music, where he's like, no. And then Richard puts on, like, soft rock. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no way. This sucks. Like, I like how they fight. Like, one listens to, like, pop rock, and the other one listens to, like, soft rock. <laughs> But they both listen to the carpenters and cry. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, who 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 hasn't cried to that song? <laughs> I know, right? It's like it's the best. It's it's so the best. But okay, let's get to the meat and potatoes, man. What are your what are your standout scenes, lines, moments? Oh gosh. Um, I would probably say um one of my like just <laughs> just because it's so ridiculous. It's like what the the first person that he talks to 
um oh, i forget his name but like he goes in to like sell these car parts and he literally sets the table on fire oh, no, just like trying to uh like use toy cars to like oh, no. sell this thing i don't Wait, know hold on. i didn't he- i didn't hear any of that <gasps> wait can you hear me now <gasps> yeah now i can yeah but i didn't hear any of that Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I literally don't know what's going on with my... Let me uh, see. Hold on, let me hit this, uh, let me hit this low data mode so that it doesn't pull as much data. There's a little switch. Let's see if that does anything. Okay, cool. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Um, All right, perfect. All right, now go with your first scene. I'm just gonna have to edit, but that's cool. I'm good at editing. So I would say... One of my favorite scenes is just in the beginning where he's trying to sell to this new guy. Like once his father has passed and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help. And he goes with David and, um, or what's his name in the oh Richard. Yeah. Richard, they go and he is just bombing and he's using these toy cars. And at the end of his, like his little, you know, his spiel, uh, the table's on fire. <laughs> And like that to me, and then, yeah, he's then he goes. Like, wait, wait, what were we about to say? He goes. Do you validate? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, get out. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, get out. And then I love how in, in back of the car he goes. That guy might not call us. <laughs> so good. There's I love also- the montage. I love it of like him trying to sell. Like we don't take no for an answer. And then he's like, no, thanks. And he's like, what? He's like, gotcha, thanks. <laughs> he's yeah. like, terrific, thanks for your time. Like all these people just keep saying no. And he's like, maybe. And then that's what he like launches. <laughs> it's like so funny. Oh, so funny. Well, and then and then that's, like that's, another. That's a good one. One of my other favorite uh, scenes is like. You see all these like failures that he's gone through. And then like when he goes to Zelensky and like at first he's like, nah, not a chance. And then he he comes in with a like um, what are like road are they called like road flyers or something like the little um, like sparklers or something. Looks like he's got a oh, road flares. Him. Yeah, the road flares and yeah, um, road flares. And like he finally tells his dad like pitching joke correctly and like, no. like yes. <laughs> oh no i like lost you. <laughs> no i lost you again can, can it's you like you come me? in and out and you're still in the same place I'm yeah i can hear you I, now yeah but I, throughout you haven't moved i have not moved at all where are you i'm literally in my bedroom yeah it's so weird um, is jonah home is he using the internet no, we, we, I don't How know. If weird. I've been having weird connection issues with my phone, but we can just edit this out and just oh, no. start back and I can just be like, and another one and then we'll edit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can edit this out. Yeah. Cause I'm going to listen to it. So I'll be able to cut. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then like another scene that I really love is like, after you've seen all of his like trials and tribulations and his failings, he's like, you know, he goes into the, um, into the like Zelensky office and uh, he's got all the like road flares on him. And then he finally <laughs> tells his dad's pitching joke correctly. Yeah. And like, I love that scene for him because not only like, did he do something great, but like, I love that joke. I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> and he's still, and he's gets it like, cause he's gotten it wrong. I, I forgot in one of the offices where he goes like, he's like, I'd rather I, you can get a good look at a butcher's ass, but I'd rather take, and he's like, 
what? And he's like, uh, I don't understand. And he's like, no, wait, you can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but no, it's got to be your bull. And then Richard's like, you have derailed. He's like, shut up, Richard. <laughs> he's like good. trying to tell you, he like doesn't tell it, but yeah, but that's so good when he finally gets it at the end. And it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love, I love that scene. What about you? Um, I also like, in keeping with that same line, my one of my first quotes I like is when they're at the wedding and the dad tells the tells the joke and he goes, "Ha bull's ass, that's great." <laughs> like when he's just standing behind him, I just love that. Um, it's so good. Um, my favorite, like, just the intro of him as a kid running to school and like. It's just so funny, like running out the the front door, running into the lawn, the sprinklers. He's like running through yards, and then yeah. you see him like running after the bus, and then you see this kid like pull up, going like, "Late for school again? You're pathetic!" And he's like, "Shut up, Richard!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like Richard's always been like this little like snarky bitch like the whole way. It's just so good. Um, I just I love it. I love the cow tipping. Apparently, that was Rob Lowe's idea. That was oh my that was God, really cool. Really? That- <laughs> yeah that they do cow tipping is that a thing yeah that's like a that's thing. mean but it's mean isn't it it's so mean it's like yeah. it, i think it's like a mean country thing like i don't i hope people don't do it any, but it was definitely a thing yeah like that's awful i, I kind had, of i had a bully try and do that to me once what do you mean well i was a kid and she was trying to make a joke and she was like She's like, go on the ground. I'm like, okay. And then she tried to tip me and she's like, we're cow tipping. And I was like, you bitch. <gasps> oh my God. It's just what country. Country like kids are mean. And that's why cow tipping is mean. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I was going to say that's really mean. Cause the point is what they fall. Yeah. Cause he was like, why do we do this? He's like, they fall over. I'm like, but doesn't that mean it's hard for them to get up? Yeah. And they can like break their ankles and shit because they're so top heavy. Yeah. What the fuck? But I think oh, it's also kind awful. of funny that that it's like um it's just such a random thing. Like you're like meeting this person who's going to be your stepbrother and like what's the first thing he thinks of? Like it's it's kind of like I don't know if you ever saw it, but in SpongeBob and Patrick, like there's an episode, it's banned now, but they're like trying what? to Yeah, there's like a banned like SpongeBob episode where basically oh. like they're like trying to think of something crazy to do and everything that they want to do that's crazy is like not crazy (laughs) but i don't know why i kind of thought about that with uh the the cow tipping because i'm like that's just so off the wall i I love how he's driving around the car and he's like uh what's our do around here and he's like i don't know we can go like do all this dumb shit and he's like i don't know uh i have something a little more like dangerous and he's like oh (laughs) all you can handle bro And then it's when he like takes some cow tipping and he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. This is so funny. It's so, so good. good. Um, I do like the uh the business meeting that they have after the dad's gone of like all the executives trying to figure out like what they're gonna do. And you just have like that one woman's like, oh, we've gotta like make sure we get this town together because like that's when the whores come in. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all like, oh, God. He's like, excuse me? What was that? <laughs> and, and then he's like, that's what happens. And then the, the husband is like, yeah. I visited a prostitute during the war. And my life's been a living hell ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all like, we can't get Tommy to it. And Tommy's like, I'll do it. That's when he's like, 
I'll do it. And they're like, you don't know anything about this. He's like, that's okay. And that's when they like point out Richard. He's like, oh no. And he's like, that's right. You can help me and you can go on the sales trip. And then he's like, oh, fuck my life. Yeah. Like, I want to <laughs> do this. And I love how like that's the, the start of like roping him into this road trip. And he's like, you know what? This isn't fun for me. This isn't a vacation. Like I'm working and, you know, Tommy's just trying to be fun. Like yeah, he's just yeah. like, you know, being like really fun about it. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of cool that throughout the movie, like they end up being like buddies. The car is even super more fucked up than it was in the beginning. I love how it just keeps degrading and they're like in the <laughs> best of friends, like at the end, like I just, I love it. They become like the best of friends. Yeah. Um, and like when he, when he kisses Michelle too, and he's like pathetic, like yeah. it's but it's like, it's a sweet moment. He yeah, gets the girl so and everything's fine. <laughs> oh, God. The deer in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, they hit this deer, they put it in the backseat. Then they're like, okay, that, that took an hour. We have to put this in the backseat. And he's like, we got to take it to a vet. And he's like, you take dead animals to the vet? And he's like, why not? We take you to the vet. <laughs> and he's like, I'll take you to the... And he's like, what? And he's like, shut up. Like, and apparently because it was supposed to be about Rob Lowe and Chris Farley's character, Lorne Michaels saw David Spade and Chris Farley together in the break rooms in SNL and created the Richard part because this is how they are. Oh, like, wow. This is their like banter, which I think is funny. That's amazing. And apparently violent. <laughs> and apparently violent because they actually get in physical fights, which is nuts. Um, I just love that Richard is so sarcastic. Like even when he asked for directions at that gas station, <laughs> and the guy's like, "I'm sensing your sarcasm." He's like, "Well, I should hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick." <laughs> like he's just like, an, he's just like an asshole. You know what? I kind of love funny. it. Um, I'll, I'll let Tommy want wingies. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. There's there's another um, yeah. What's funny? Delay, but um, <laughs> what I think is so funny is in this movie, you know, he has like a um, like I don't know if it's a comb over or a toupee of some sort. But I had just watched a David Spade movie. It was called uh, The Wrong Missy, and he had a wig on. And then I thought, oh my oh, god, really? is David Spade bald? And so I googled it. He's not bald, but um, no, he's not. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, is he? But yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> it was really funny. Like I, that that bit's funny too, where like the toupee like blows off. If you tell anyone about this, I will kill you. <laughs> he's I like, love it when... looks real. <laughs> I love when they see Michelle and like the first thing Richard says is don't tell her about my hair. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude, let it go. Dude, let it go. Uh, I like when he finally gets like the, they get into the fight in the car about the music, which spawns over into like a physical fight, which now we know probably was written because of what happened on set. Um, and it just, it just seems so funny that they get into this fight and then afterwards they go to that diner and that song, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> is, is playing is so funny. And that's when he does the whole like pitch to the waitress. And, you know, that's when you kind of see like Richard Lightbulb, like what his strengths are is that he can talk to people. And it's cool that he gives him this pep talk in this moment that he's like, no, you can do this. You know how to talk to people like your dad. You, you don't need to do any of this other stuff. Like this is how you react. And then after that, he just ends up making sales and just does super well. 
which is it's so cute. So good. I love so it. Cute. I, I love that um that we get to see Tommy's strengths in this because that like if, if they didn't have that then it would just be a mean movie. Mm-hmm. It's true. We we do actually like him at the end and there are just so many moments, even like when they start to do really, really well, like the housekeeping. That was a huge joke when I was younger. Oh, like guys, yeah. guys would always knock on the door and be like, housekeeping. And it was, yeah. the, it was the same. <laughs> like, housekeeping, you want towel? <laughs> no towel, need sleepy. <laughs> it was like, housekeeping, you want me to jerk you off? And he's like, what? What kind of hotel is this? Oh, hey, it's you. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I also love the scene where they're driving and Richard's like wasted in the car. And he's like, town's the barrel. People are the fish. Shh, fish in a barrel. And he's like, oh, Richard, are you drunk? And he's like, yep, I'm really drunk. And he's like, oh, I'm going to vomit. And the car like side to side and the cops pull him over. Yeah. And he's like, okay, just stay with me. I-, I have a plan. I have a plan. And then he like pretends that there's bees. He's like, bees in the car. Bees <laughs> everywhere. Save yourselves. Don't be the hero. <laughs> I love it. So good. And that's, so when he, good. that's when he gets that idea to like go to Chicago to like try to get the company back, which is Dan Aykroyd as Zelensky. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> like, oh I love, God, I love another what SNL. Um, and then oh, the physical, I also have, the, I love that Dan Aykroyd's in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love the little quote when he was like, went a little heavy on the pine tree perfume there, eh, kid? And he's like, sir, it's a taxi cab air freshener. <laughs> he's like, oh, good. Now you can wash it off. <laughs> Next yeah. step is washing it off. <laughs> step two is washing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole physical comedy of the airplane when they take over, like, doing the announcements. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. And he's like, I love how, of course, David Spade's, like, perfect. He's like, this is Tommy. He's a Scorpio. He likes parties, and he's never been laid. <laughs> and then he, like, <laughs> looks behind him, like, what the <laughs> And then he goes, like, does the whole, like, life jacket thing, and then has to get the pen, and, like, <laughs> it's just so good. And then at the end, he goes, he's a big, dumb animal, isn't he, folks? <laughs> It's just so good. I love it. It's just so, so good. Such a good um, movie. I mean, it's such a good movie. I think the, the last bit I have is that I love the end where he's like sitting um on the boat by himself. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just so good. He's like sitting on the boat by himself and he just like is like talking to his dad and he's yeah. just like, Thanks, Dad. It's like, so oh, sweet. And it's like really sad, and he's like if if you're there, like just give me some wind, and then the wind comes and I know. He's like, oh, thanks, Dad. I was like, oh, it's so cool. Like, yeah, I really um suggest that documentary. I'll put it in the notes so people can watch the documentary about his life because he had a really like interesting life and just I mean, so talented from the start, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's really really cool. Well, I hope this episode's been fun. I hope that. Um, I'm going to edit through all the audio issues, so I hope it works out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. So much fun. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.